Morgan. I'm the branch manager of the Carteret County Public Library in Beaufort. And I'm Jennifer. I am the branch manager with the Carteret County Public Library System in Western Carteret Branch. And we're going to talk to you today. We have a list of our love it and hate it. <laughs> and as librarians, it's very hard to find books that we hate, but we have done it for you. <laughs> All right, so Jennifer, you have some love it for us, and then I will talk about the hate it, hate, hate it, hate, okay, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> this is um, a couple of, just off the top of my head, it was definitely hard to choose, but I was able to choose five, um, and the first one is a science fiction book called Dry by Jared and Neil Schuster. Schusterman. Yeah, I have issues saying his name too. I'm, <laughs> I'm not the only one. And it's two, 2018. Um, and the story revolves around a group of teenagers who um, must deal with a really bad aftermath of a drought in California Ooh. in order to save themselves and their families. Okay, hold on. Now I've got a question here. Is this like an apocalyptic situation? Yes, definitely. Um, not saying that we can't not have a situation like this, um, but with all the water turns off, um, which, I mean, that's, that's a scary situation. Right. Um, but yes, very apocalyptic feel. Um, I was constantly thirsty while, drink, while reading the novel, so... Make sure you have a, a cup of water. Um, the book is really exciting. Um, it's full of suspense. And it just, I couldn't put it down. Mm -hmm. um, this was a book that the North Carolina Humanities Council had picked out for um, a event, uh, a statewide mm -hmm. in reading initiative uh, called Watershed Moments. And that's, that's yeah. how I got introduced to the book. Um, but it's, it's a great read. Um, it's, the group of teenagers that the story evolves around is just, um, it's a lot of, it can be funny, it can be scary, um, just a lot of action, a lot of mystery, because you're just like, what's going to happen? Mm -hmm. But it's a really great read, and I just I highly recommend it, and I, yeah. I love, this is just one of my love it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, we do have six copies available, well, last time I checked, we had six <laughs> copies available for checkout um, mm -hmm. in book format. So. Okay. Highly recommend it, and again, have water. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well now I'm going to talk about a hate fit. Uh, have you ever read an absolutely remarkable thing by Hank Green? I have not. I, I don't think I've heard of that. Apologies no, if our listeners have. Um, uh, yes, look, <laughs> we should have prefaced this by saying, just because we love it or hate it, doesn't mean you will love it or hate it, so don't. Think That's we're true. trying to discourage you from reading it. However, <laughs> if you'd like to know my opinion of this book, it is very bad. <laughs> I'm sorry to Hank Green. You worked very hard on it, I'm sure. Um, I did not like it. And I actually did a podcast, a whole hour and a half long podcast episode with a friend of mine back in Elkin on this book. Oh, wow. And he loved it. Oh, wow. And I hated it. So <laughs> it was... We, he, we, 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 we talked about it. Major F for spoilers. We talked about, you know, we're going to ruin the book for you, but we're dissecting it. And it was just bad. It was even worse after we dissected it. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, it is a um, parallel kind of universe 
to us, it starts out and she's in the normal universe of Southish girl living in New York. Um, she's young-ish. She's about early to mid-twenties. Um, she lives on her own in an apartment, which by itself was like, where's she getting the money? <laughs> in New York. <laughs> True. Um, because, I don't know, she was living there with her girlfriend and then she, she had a job and I forget what the job was. It's been a while back since I read it, but for some reason, one morning at 3 a.m., she decides to go walking in the city because who in, wouldn't do that in New York? In New York. <laughs> in New York. So that alone, too, was very unrealistic. Hmm. Uh-huh. Maybe she was working. I can't remember. <laughs> For some reason, she was walking around at 3 a.m. Yeah. in New York and sees this huge robot statue that just appeared out of nowhere in the middle of New York. That's slightly annoying. Just a pitch, you know what I mean? I'm just yeah. out here strolling at 3 a.m. like I do. I can understand <laughs> why you might not like this book now. <laughs> so she sees this thing, decides to take a video of her with this thing, and gets her friends to come out and film her, and it's just her talking to this robot. I mean, literally giving him a name, called him Carl. Wow. And I, w- I would have probably been like, um... I'm running in the opposite direction really, really fast. <laughs> you don't know what this thing is. That's right. It's going to be an alien from um, outside space, you know? So, so you she takes this video of Carl, she named him, <laughs> and it goes viral, and the whole world is watching it, but apparently these robot statues appeared all over the world inexplicably overnight. Oh, wow. And so everybody's trying to figure out what this is. And, of course, anybody is going, it's an alien invasion. <laughs> but they're all like, oh, I don't know. It could just be a social <laughs> media trick. Exactly. You know, somebody made him in a lab for a goof. Yeah. I don't know. So, so basically the whole movie is trying to figure out who Carl is. And then there, there are these factions that come out of nowhere that are like, you know, some are for Carl, some are saying destroy Carl. <laughs> it's the craziest book in the world. The only good thing that I like from this book is apparently these robots can get into your mind and have, make you dream things. So they all start dreaming the same dream. And it's like this weird clue type thing. Interesting. That is like the only good part about this book. <laughs> Sorry, I just the to me a good book is something that has good characters. The characters sell it for me. Definitely. Um, as a matter of fact, um, to go back to Dry, mm-hmm. uh, which was my love it, Dry by Jared and Neil Schusterman. Um, <laughs> I think I did it okay that time. Um, the characters, uh, th- those group of teenagers were just so dynamic, and they all had these really amazing, okay, not to be so far-fetched. I mean, they were still young adults. Uh, they were just, they, they weren't um, fantastical. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they just, uh, you related to them. Yeah. And I think that's what really sold me on, on dry. Well, and then, of course, the most extreme situation they were following. I mean, what do you do? Right. But but yeah, you're right. I, I feel like characters are definitely an important part. Yeah. I mean, plot and characters, two, the two most important things in a book, right? right. And the main character, I hated her. Oh, no. She was so, she was just awful. She was horrible to everybody around her. She was horrible to her girlfriend. It was horrible. I'm like, how can I root for this girl yeah. and actually want her to be my protagonist? Wow. 
Yeah. Oh, it was bad. So, so the whole book to me was tainted anyway, just by that main character. That, that's a lot. That's a lot to, to unpack. <laughs> right? Like it's ugh. so. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry again, Hank Green. You 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 worked hard. I know, and I'm sorry. But and what was I the pers- title again? An absolutely remarkable thing. Okay. And then it came out with the second one. I'm sorry, I haven't read it. I'm not oh. going to. I just can't. So there's two parts. There's two parts. <laughs> So, you never know. Maybe the second part was a little bit better, but anyway. After I did such a great job of selling it, we do have copies. <laughs> <laughs> and again, just because I hated it doesn't mean other people will hate it. I like to hear when somebody else likes something or hate it, and we can have a discussion about Definitely. it. Definitely. Yeah. I, I do. I think different perspectives are really, really cool. Absolutely. All right. So give us, before I destroy everybody's faith in us, What's another love? <laughs> so a lo- another love it um, is a historical fiction novel. It's a young adult novel, and it's actually a trilogy. Uh-huh. But I'm going to talk about the first book today. Um, it's called Grave Mercy by Robin Lefevers, okay. and it is in a, a trilogy called His Fair Assassin, uh-huh. and it was created in 2012. I do love a good historical fiction. It's mm-hmm. it's so cool. <laughs> Um, I I wish this place exist, existed. Um, the story does take place in medieval France, and it's told from the perspective of the character Esme. Okay. And Esme is a 17-year-old girl. Um, she escapes a really bad home life. Uh, I think it's the it's mainly a bad marriage, really. Um, mm-hmm. She get her father sells her to a, a man. I, I think. They take a hog for her, but anyway, I mean, it, it was medieval France, but True. um, despite despite that bad marriage, she says she escapes and she flees to the safety of this convent. Now, your first thing when you think about a convent is you know just very calm and serene and right. worship and not this place. Okay. <laughs> this convent celebrates the death of the god of death. And it trains the nuns on how to be assassins or a handmaiden of death. Oh, my God. I just got a Game of Thrones flashback. <laughs> what do we say to the God of Death? <laughs> Not today. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just, I felt like I was on an adventure. I felt like I, I was mm-hmm. Esme for, like, the, the entirety of the book. I just, I felt like I was living through her adventure and mm-hmm. through her journey and Everybody in the coven, the covenant, um, or not covenant, excuse me, <laughs> the convent, um, has a really unique gift mm-hmm. that the um, god of death bestows upon them. Okay. And I, I'm not going to say what Esme's unique ability is because I don't want to give any anything away in case you uh, find that you want to read the book. Which we hope you do. <laughs> yes, um, I highly recommend it. I had such a great time. Um, again, I just couldn't put it down. And it is a trilogy. Um, all of the books, uh, book one is through the perspective of Esme, and then book two and three are through the perspective um, of two different characters that you meet oh, in book one. Okay. Um, and it's just, it's packed full of adventure, some suspense, and a little bit of romance, which, I mean, hey, that's always nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do have one copy available, and it's actually at the Perfect Branch in book format. So highly recommend it. It just gets it's just so exciting. It's so exciting. I mean, 
I will say one thing that I just think it's really neat that they know how to throw knives and uh, do it correctly. Man. It's really neat. <laughs> I always read about these characters who have these cool abilities. Yeah, I mean, man. they're just, they're so, they're so talented. Um, and it's not because they're, you know, non-assassins, mm-hmm. but they do their job for good, which yeah. is always a plus. Um, they end up, uh, or at least Esme ends up um, doing her job to protect the Duchess of France, and um, she's a big deal. I mean, I know she's a Duchess, and it kind of gives she's a big deal anyway. <laughs> kind of gave it away there, but she—it's just really neat. Her journey is really neat. I, I hope that you read it and have just as much fun as I I do or did. I might reread it again. <laughs> I I do love historical fiction. There's something about historical fiction. Yeah. I'm like, uh, and I am a nerd, or not a nerd, but, well, I'm a nerd anyway. But I <laughs> I like historical romances, too. I, I do, too. love a good history. I know you do. Especially like, Regency like, romances. Yes! Hello, fun. Bridgerton. <laughs> oh, I keep telling people, I like the Bridgertons before they became famous. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, Julia Quinn's awesome. Definitely. Uh, you read any of her other stuff? No, but I've 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 been inspired to. Um, I can't wait. So yeah. I did. Ha- I had to take a break for just a little bit from the Regency romance. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I felt like I was getting saturated a little too much. Yeah. And when I a lot of it, I would listen in an audiobook format, which the um Bridgerton audiobook. Um, I can't remember the narr. I think it's. Rosalind Landor is the narrator. Mm-hmm. I apologize if that's wrong. But she, the narrator mm-hmm. is hands down one of the best narrators. I mean, playing multiple characters and you yeah. know which one she's playing, um, even though her voice sounds the same. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think that's pure talent. <laughs> yeah. Highly recommend the audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Time right. for another hate it. That's all right. I'm about to make a whole generation angry with me. Uh-oh. I hated the Twilight book. <laughs> I, I I can understand that. Yeah. I did. I I forced myself to read those mm-hmm. because I just wanted to know why they were so popular. Right. And I will go ahead and tell me why you okay. did not enjoy it. For those of you who don't know, um, Twilight is a young adult novel series about a girl who gets brainwashed <laughs> by a, a guy who is a hundred years old in vampire form, who looks like a seventeen-year-old, but he's not seventeen; he's a hundred and some, and <laughs> gets fall quote unquote. You can't see it. I'm doing quote unquote. Falls in love with him, and there's drama nanigans, that's what I call them, <laughs> um, that shenanigans and drama combined, uh, drama nanigans are in, I in like two. I like that word. <laughs> Copyright. <laughs> <I'm 21. laughs> um, and there's them, or uh, werewolves, and there's like this whole plot where they're trying to destroy her and all this. I don't know. It's convoluted. And then some weird baby comes <laughs> into play. And it's, oh, it's too much. Okay. First there, of all. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's, there's a, a lot, lot to unpack. 
here. Like, first of all, the writing style itself, I'm not a fan of. I There were a lot of... Okay. <laughs> Can't think of how to, how to word it. As a librarian, I read certain things, and I guess my background and training have caused me to think of sentence structures and uh, grammar and all these things when I'm reading. Yeah, obviously when I speak, I take a little bit of liberty, <laughs> a lot of bit of liberty. But when I'm reading, I do expect it to have a good format. I expect it to be uh, in a reasonably decent way, a written, written way. Let's see, there I go. Right. My brain. But I don't know. So the writing style itself drove me nuts. <laughs> but then you get into the whole plot issue of it's a girl who's basically being brainwashed by this old man, <laughs> teenager, <laughs> into being isolated from her family. And uh, and then it's creepy to me, the whole he's 100 years old, but he's 17 thing. Well, that is, I'm glad, that is an interesting perspective because I, the only thing I couldn't get past, mm-hmm. in, like the initial when reading, mm-hmm. and uh, Stephanie Myers, I'm, I apologize because it is your character. Yeah, sorry, Stephanie Myers. But I just, um, Bella got on my nerves. Her, her character really got on my nerves. Um, I felt like she's whiny. She was incredibly whiny yeah. and very um, just didn't seem to be able to do a whole lot. And I'm just like she's she's not a baby. Like mm-hmm. she's in a she's a young uh, girl. Young girl. Yeah, she's like seventeen. Something. But like that, that was that was the thing I said. I just mm-hmm. didn't get past. I just Bella's character really got on my nerves. And I but I read the books. I did because I wanted mm-hmm. to see what happened. Mm-hmm. I wanted. To have this understanding, <laughs> but to this day, I can't stand those. <laughs> I couldn't get behind it. I'm sorry. No, I. You're bringing up very valid perspectives mm-hmm. that I just did not think about. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing this is probably trivial, but the one thing that surprised me um, was the ability to sparkle. Right. I just I I don't know. It's okay. all right. It's okay that. Okay, it's okay that the vampires would sparkle. Uh-huh. It's okay. But I don't know. I just, it just didn't sit right with me. But some really great perspectives. I mm-hmm. had not, I had not thought about those. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really glad that I got to learn something about that. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not just that I hate it for hating its sake. I hate right. it for legitimate reasons. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but again, that's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if you love Twilight, but that's just my opinion. Oh, there there are a lot of um groups on social media. Um, oh yeah. Uh, there's there's one um that I just I'm sorry he's just made Twilight where I just I can't think of I can't not think about it and not laugh. <laughs> but anyway, that's social media. But um, Evil Iguana Productions on YouTube does the best parody of the <laughs> trailers. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> okay, so what? So <laughs> we're going back into the positive side. What's a love it? So um, this is um, um, my third love it. Um, this is actually um, from my child, a memory from my childhood. Um, my mom would read um, Borgita and the Coyote, which is a tale from Ayutla, Mexico. I hope I said that right. Um, yes. I, I'm I apologize if I did not say that right. 
Um, but the author is Verna Argema, I believe is how you say that, that last name. It is a, it's a folklore, and it was written in 1991. And basically, the story is just about Borgisa, which is, I believe, lamb in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And she tries to trick a coyote um, so that he doesn't eat her. So basically, the story is Borgisa trying to trick the coyote and see how many times she can trip him. <laughs> and it's just hilarious. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. This book um, was, I just enjoyed listening to it as a, as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when I revisited it as an adult, I ended up reading this book to um, a group of students I had one time, which they just thought it was the best. <laughs> but um, yeah, to this day, I laugh when I think about Borgisa and her, her tricks because the coyote does fall for them at one after another. Um, it's just it's so lighthearted and mm-hmm. it's enjoyable and I highly recommend it. It must be a coyote thing being tricked by other animals. I know. I remember Wiley good. <laughs> <laughs> we do have one copy available, and that's at our Western Carteret branch. It's in our children section. So mm. if you want to visit it um, or or check it out, highly recommend it. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm smiling as I'm talking about it. So she is. I can, I can <laughs> say she is. That sounds cute. I love the idea of the coyote. I, really, I have a favorite part just because... I don't know if I should, because I don't want to spoil the book for anyone. Um, as for spoilers. As for spoilers, I just have to share this. My favorite part in Borgita and the Coyote is when Borgita, um, she, there's like a, a cliff or like a mountain, um, but it's, it's like a rock. It's the rock with a small space in between these two rocks. And her, you know, being a lamb, she's able to maneuver herself between these two rocks and she flips upside down. <laughs> and so her... Her hooves, her, her, her feet. I don't know. I need to Google it. Her, her feet. Um, they're on the ceiling of the rock, and her back is so she's flipped upside down. When when the coyote comes up to her, it looks like she's holding up the mountain, and that's what she tells the coyote. She says, "Oh, you know, coyote, I'm holding up the mountain. You know, you, you can't come in here. There's not enough room." And he's like, "Oh, yeah, right. Oh gosh, you know, you you do a lot of hard work right now." But it just, I can still see that picture in that book, and it's just hilarious. It's just so sweet. So, yeah, where are you still holding up the mountain? I'm holding up the mountain. (laughs) I just love that the coyote is like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and she's just like, oh, yeah, you made a valid point. (laughs) You can't drop a mountain on me. (laughs) But, yeah, she's very, she's very, she's very funny. She makes the coyote go through water at one point, just. Smart little lamb. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> now I want to read this thing. <laughs> I know, it's so wonderful. We'll do it today. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> That's right. Back to my hate at least. <laughs> the next one, I feel, I feel, I will go ahead and say it, I feel horrible that this is on my hate at list because I genuinely love this author. Okay. And it's Elizabeth Peters. But she passed away in the middle of her... Uh, not in the it's actually at the end of her series. The um, oh. do you, did you read the um American Peabody series that Elizabeth Peters did? Um, not not enough to really remember it. Gotcha. Um, I, I was exposed to it though. Okay. Yeah. I love this series so much because Amelia is amazing. She is a strong female. She doesn't care. <laughs> like 
she is, is back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, and, you know, females, yeah. she was in the aristocracy, so, you know, females in the aristocracy, they couldn't do a lot of things. Well, she didn't care. She just bucked all the traditions. She became a spinster on purpose. <laughs> like, oh. she went to Egypt because she just wanted to after her dad died, and she gets there and she meets a dude uh, named Emerson who who also doesn't care and is just he's an Egyptologist and oh, he wow. is brash and rough and he <laughs> doesn't oh he's amazing and so they get they get married spoiler alert but it's like the first book and it's this long series of band years it was like from 1880 to 1920 something 1930 and so you get to know them and, and interact with them, and they're just amazing characters, and you get to see all their stories and all the mysteries that befall them and all the crazy shenanigans. <laughs> Not drama shenanigans this time. It's just regular shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, oh, it's expertly written, and it draws you in, and it, the visuals are amazing. She, Elizabeth Peters herself knew a lot about Egyptology. She was an actual Egyptologist, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure she was. So she knew what she was talking about. Wow. So it was amazing. But then she passed away. She passed away in the middle of writing the very last book, oh, no. which was The Painted Queen. So they didn't just let it go, which I, I wish they had. Joan Hess finished it. No offense to Joan Hess. I did not like that transition. You can clearly tell the difference between the writing oh. styles. And it just, it didn't mesh to me. Oh, I'm so sorry. I know. I'm like, I, oh, and that, I, that's why I feel so bad for putting it on my list because I love Elizabeth Peters. Well, when there's that abrupt transition from mm-hmm. something you have fallen in love with, you, you enjoy, you you escape mm-hmm. i mean you know reading can can do that which is so wonderful mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's it's completely different i can understand the frustration of that mm-hmm. De- definitely yeah i mean it's it's almost like just let it lie you yeah know what i mean like i i understand wanting to finish her final work because she did put effort into it but eh, it's just <laughs> not gonna it just it just doesn't mesh well, and I I I couldn't I didn't like it I didn't like it. It's the only one in the whole series that I did not like, and I again the rest of the series is amazing. I highly encourage you it's to just, read it. It was the end. It of, was the very last yeah. book, and it's it's one of those too that the series is told most of the series is told in chronological order, but there are a few books that are out of chronological order. Mm-hmm. This was one of them, so you don't have to read it. For the rest of the series to make sense. Okay. Um, you really don't, but uh, that is just devastating. I can completely sympathize with that. Blizzard. But yes, if you should read it, please do. It starts with a book called Crocodile on the Sandbank, (laughs) and it is ugh phenomenal. (laughs) And there's no chicken. And there's no chicken. (laughs) Thank God, there's no chicken or birds of any kind. If I'm not mistaken, which is why I love it so much. Um. Well, speaking of empowered women, mm-hmm. um, I think this is why I this book. Well, I was I was very young when I read the book. I was um, probably fourteen when I was um, introduced to this book. It is another historical fiction yeah. book. Um, most of you have probably heard it and have read it, but if not, that's okay. Um, it is the True Confessions of Charlotte Doyle by Avi, mm-hmm. and it is 
Um, for those of you that don't know the book, it's set in England in the 1830s, um, and it follows the character of Charlotte boarding a ship that brings about a lot of mystery and a lot of adventure. Um, I just, this book really spoke to me because Charlotte's character goes through a lot on the, the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, the sailors kind of view her as like this useless, uh, person. She's, she kind of takes up space on the boat, but, um, she definitely shows them <laughs> in, in the end. Um, so I just really like that she kind of starts off, um, they refer to her as, as a lady, you know, well-bred mm-hmm. lady, which is very normal, typical of the time. Um, they, I think one of the sailors um, ends up taking her hand and kind of runs his finger over, over her palm at one point and was like, oh, it's just like cream. It's so smooth. Like, you know, you'll, have you ever done any hard work in your life? And she's just kind of like, geez, you know, like, <laughs> I just got here. <laughs> um, but later on, because, uh, you know, I don't want to give away the story, but um, she just, she, her transition is just very empowering um, because she did sort of start off as almost like this, very gentle, not that there's anything wrong with it, uh, <laughs> proper young lady, that's fine, but she just, she really liked, you know, she, she put on the trousers, got, mm-hmm. got her hands in the mud, and I just was like, yes, go Charlotte, <laughs> show them, you know, show those sailors. <laughs> um, there's a part in the book that I just, I remember very vividly that I, I was just like, I, I'm going to do that, I'm, I'm going to be that person, I'm going to be strong, like, it was just very empowering as a young, as a not only an adult, but as a young female. Yeah. So Charlotte was just really cool. Yeah. Sent to me. And we do have three copies. Um, <laughs> they're available at Beaufort, Newport, and the Russian Carter at Green. Right. Um, See, I did, I think as a as a young girl, like mm-hmm. it, I understand that connection to the character like that. Because it's either, the character is either written as a just annoying, you know, whiny kid yeah. girl, or yeah. like, I don't know, just a side, it's something. Not not a real inch, not a real strong right. female character. I loved Felicity because Felicity was that same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's right. That's true. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just again, there's nothing wrong with you know being a damsel in distress. But mm-hmm. but I just I like that tough. I can do it too attitude. Yeah. Um, and Charlotte just learned to adopt it and. Mm-hmm. Not only adopts it, but truly embraces it. And when, yeah. at the end of her journey, you know, she's almost a little unrecognizable mm-hmm. um, by her father. I think I think that's why she boards the ship um, to to go across the ocean to see, meet her father or mm-hmm. reconnect with her father. But anyway, um, she boarded as like this very prim young lady, <laughs> and then she she basically got off the ship looking like a sailor, so <laughs> which is no problem. Mm-hmm. It was just a lot of fun and definitely makes you rethink um first appearances mm-hmm. so i mean really i mean it, i don't know what it was like when you were growing up but when i grew up in the 90s it was like there was still that expectation that you wore dresses to church and that you you know looked your best when you could and that you acted properly you know and mm-hmm. behaved a certain way and all this other stuff and you played with dolls and you did all these things and to be a, a girl and that's not that's that's not what I like to do. I didn't like playing with dolls. Yeah. You know, I liked playing with Legos and getting out in the dirt and I know. I mean some of the mm-hmm. best times were like 
outside in the woods. <laughs> yes, going and climbing trees or, you know, breaking yeah. your arm because you fell on the thing, but you didn't care because <laughs> you were having a grand old time, you know. But that wasn't what was expected. So being able to read about these girls who could go and do what they wanted. Yeah. Who bucked all the traditions and were like, I'm going to do me. That's right. Like, man. It was very empowering. It was. <laughs> so I even still, I'm like, hey, you know, would you like to read this? Because she is up. Well, I guess that's also kind of why um, my other historical fiction, uh, Love It, the uh, Grace Mercy, um, mm-hmm. those, those girls, I mean, just. Wow. Yeah. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna go save the world. <laughs> right. So that was just really cool. I was like, yes, yes we can. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think if there's still a lot of books that don't portray females in a positive and appropriate way. They're still either whiny or mm-hmm. just annoying. They don't know themselves very well and yeah. they don't trust themselves at all and I'm like, no, we can have that strong character who's who's appropriately strong. Not strong in the way that she's like, you know, going crazy with it, but right. appropriately strong. Right. You know? I like that. Yeah. Appropriately strong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's my next? Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Speaking of strong women. <laughs> oh. My, my next hate it is probably one you've never heard of before. I read it for a book club back in Elkin. It's called In the Country of Women by Susan Strait. Apologies to Susan Strait. <laughs> but, I have not heard, that, heard of that book. Yeah. I had never heard of it either. <laughs> <laughs> it's a biography by this woman, Susan Strait, who is from California. Never heard of her. She's just a regular, random lady. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. I enjoy some of those. Like, uh, I read the Tara Westover. But, you know, she was just a random girl from Utah. He's Utah. Pretty sure it's Utah. We're going to go with Utah. (laughs) (laughs) I have not read. Are you talking about educated? Yeah, educated. I haven't read it yet. I know. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Well, I I know it was was very popular and it's been out for a little while. Um, With me and new material, I tend to let everyone else enjoy it. And then then I kind of go for it. But anyway, um, as you were saying. Educated was good. So, yeah, there you go. Um, but this particular book, <laughs> my my issue with this particular book is one, the writing style itself. She is an English professor, so I I'm sorry that I expect a lot from you if you are an English professor. I expect amazing grammar, perfect sentence structure. That's just I'm sorry. I mm-hmm. do. So I had an issue with the writing style not being up to what it should have been, considering what her profession is. But I also had an issue of what was the point of this book? Mm. You know, I, I expect every book to have a point behind it. Some sort, Even a fiction novel has a purpose behind it. Mm. There is some story that you are trying to tell that gets your point across. And I'm like, okay, I can get behind that. This book didn't have a point. I couldn't find it. I read the whole book, hmm. not figuring out what the purpose was behind this. I, I think she said something about it was supposed to be for her kids, for her daughter, and trying to get them to understand the women in their family. I'm like, that's totally fine. If you write it for your kids and then you give it to your kids, that's yeah. totally fine. Yeah. 
But for a random person to read this who doesn't know you, doesn't know your background, doesn't, and I, I don't mean it the way it's going to sound, but you're not a celebrity, you're not a historical figure, you're not somebody that I can easily recognize and connect with. Maybe get more background information. Mm-hmm. Well, that, and give your give your book more of a purpose than just to let my daughters know how strong the family is. I need a real purpose. I need you, I'm reading this expecting that somebody in their family history did something major. Right. Like, that affected the history of the U.S. or something. Hmm. Because that's just what I'm expecting from this. I'm expecting there to be some, some purpose. Right. Some reason. For me to, and I'll go, oh, she was related to the person who invented the, the Cheeto. I mean, cool. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, but there is no purpose that I could see. And so I, I didn't like it. I didn't like hearing about, and she had chapters in there about doing her daughter's hair. I don't need to know how <laughs> you did your daughter's hair. <laughs> I don't care. No offense. Right. I just don't care. We all do our hair. <laughs> I I I just I don't understand the book, and so I just I didn't like it. I felt like my time was wasted. I can I can understand that mm-hmm. because you you are making that choice to read that book, mm-hmm. and when it's not really giving much back, mm-hmm. you know I can I can definitely understand how that would be. Well, you just felt like time was wasted. Yeah, I mean I because I do feel like even if you're in just enjoying yourself. Right. There's got to be a reason why you're enjoying yourself. It's not just, you don't turn on the TV and watch whatever's on the TV just because. You watch what you want to watch because you enjoy it. That's true. Because it's somehow, some way, it resonates with you. Right. If you spent two days reading a book and it didn't resonate with you, then you're like, where did my two days go? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I felt like my time was wasted. Oh, sorry. I, I, I'm sorry for that experience. Mm-hmm. I have not had an experience like that with a book yet. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm, it's, and my mind's trying to wrap around. I'm like, where can I find a positive in Christian's experience? <laughs> but maybe there isn't one, and maybe that's why it's on the hate list. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look. I, I I I told you I'm a pretty optimistic person. Definitely, I try definitely. to think of the the best possible reasoning and scenario for this. And again, I know she said why she did it right. for her kids, and that's great and wonderful. Yeah. But at that point, you just give it to your kids. Well, and I guess this is the whole point of of our podcast mm-hmm. today. We are literally doing a love it and a hate it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think that your choices um, with you know with your hate it list. They're, even though you don't recommend them, I'm intrigued. I'm like, but why? <laughs> like, I want to go find the book. Right? <laughs> I mean, like, hey, that's the whole point. Just yeah. because I hate it, that's just true. because other people are going to hate it. Very true. Um, and, and somebody else who's read Twilight is go over there <laughs> mad at me right now because they loved it. And that's that's totally your opinion, and that's great. I know. I, I would love to. I mean, if you want to come in and you want to talk about, you know, Twilight, mm-hmm. that's fine. That's yeah. perfectly fine. Absolutely. Um, But, sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Not Twilight. <laughs> Any other book. <laughs> okay. So, drum roll for our last love it. So this was actually um, a juvenile um, book 
that I read, excuse me, it was on uh, Battle of the Books list one year, and Mm. um, being a librarian, um, I read all the Battle of the Book books, Mm -hmm. um, because I was, I had a team and was trying to prepare them, and it wasn't just for preparation's sake, I was, you know, hey, they got chosen, so that's Mm -hmm. really cool, Yeah. but there was um, one book out of, well, out of many on that list, but for right now, the one book that I did choose was um, The Candy Makers by Wendy Mass, and that was written in 2010, Mm -hmm. and um, the story revolves around a group of four individuals, um, and they have these talents that they can make confections um, Mm -hmm. or candy, Mm -hmm. and so they get put in a candy-making competition, like a national competition, like only the best of the best got accepted, um, and they get to go to a candy factory because one of the um, characters lives in a candy factory. Um, nice. Don't worry, it's not Willy Wonka vibes, but I mean, <laughs> nothing is Willy Wonka. But kind of. <laughs> it's more uh, modern day Willy, I guess, if that is a thing. But anyway, um, but yeah, it's just really cool because they all have these really um, well fictional talents when it comes to making those confections. Mm-hmm. But it's just really neat. Um, not only are they in a candy making competition, but um, they they go through a journey together um, where all four of them, their strengths and their weaknesses kind of play off of each other. Mm-hmm. And um, they they really just have, a, not only is the competition a good time, but there's a lot of mystery involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you're kind of like, ooh, you know, like, what's behind that door? Or, or <laughs> you know, what what is he, what, what are they going to make in the competition? So, yeah, it's just mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Um, seeing all the talent um, that they display in the book and um, all the mystery. So, yeah, there's, um, three copies available at the Downey's Newport and Western Carteret Ranch. Um, and again, it was just very lighthearted, just a lot of fun. Um, and as far as the genre goes, I just put fiction because um, I wasn't quite sure if it fell into mystery or realistic. So I'm just going to go with fiction okay, um, due to the characters having um, far such talent <laughs> when it comes to creating confection. But it would be really cool to see it in real life. But I don't, I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> so yeah, just a lot of fun. It was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. I felt like I was a little kid again, at like a, a sleepover, mm-hmm. um, or because they, they, I don't know if you know the term lock in. They, they get locked inside the, mm-hmm. um, the candy factory, and they get to stay in the candy factory. I mean, that's like, like every child's dream. <laughs> and so I'm just kind of like, this is really cool. <laughs> so yeah, I kind of, kind of nerded out a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though I don't know how to make candy. <laughs> I mean, I've seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Does that count? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, no, I can get behind that. I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's every kid's dream. It's very, um, not to pull in another book because I promise I was only talking about five, but very much um, enjoyable on the same level as Escape from Mr. Lemon Children's Library. I mean, okay. it's just constant, like, Mm-hmm. It's just fun. It's just fun. <laughs> Open up the book. Have fun. Sometimes that's all you play. I know. Like, I mean, and it's like it goes back to the purpose of the book. That's true. To have fun. That's true. Um, so, yeah, man, and they've had a lot of really good choices on the Battle of Books list. They really have. I mean, that's how I found The Iron Trial by Holly Black. You read and Cassandra Blair. 
I have not. I, I really need to dive down into the Cassandra Clare book because mm-hmm. um, I stare at them every day and I'm like, I really need to read those. <laughs> but um, it is really good. It's like a Harry Potter meets Percy Jackson. <laughs> oh wow! It is amazing. Oh, and there's five in the series, so That's you know awesome. you get to be with them for a little bit. Oh yeah, I'm and it had a twist in there. I didn't even sort of see coming. You know, most of the time now, twists have been done. And True. You can see them coming a mile away and. Everything's been done. I've never seen this twist. I was like, I, know, the, I call it my those gasp moments. Mm-hmm. I think one of my favorites is when I'm I, I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks lately. So I'll be in my car, I'll be like driving home to work, and all of a sudden I'm at a stoplight, and this part comes on. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> and I'm really, I'm pretty sure the person next to me is like, um, <laughs> and I'm like, but you have no idea, like this is so incredible. <laughs> but anyway, you should be in here with me. Well, I, I could talk about a million books with with I didn't see it coming. Um, mm-hmm. There's been a lot of adult uh, thrillers, uh, psychological thrillers. Yes. That I've been reading, I just was like, no words. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you read The Silent Patient? By oh Alex my goodness, my goodness. Yes. I, well, okay, I listened to it, but all I can do is just look like a codfish. I mean, I just. <laughs> my, my, okay. Uh-huh. I'm going to preface this by saying I've been watching horror movies and been reading books since I was knee-high to a grasshopper, all right? <laughs> so my family gets irritated because I love horror movies, but I oh. always get what's going to happen within five minutes of the movie starting. I'm the biggest chicken. I can't do it. I mean, I, I can, <laughs> but I choose not to put myself through that. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, even the jump scares that are supposed oh. to surprise you, I know they're coming. Like, I can tell you when they're coming, and oh. it is exactly what I say, and my family gets irritated when I do that. <laughs> And I do that with books, too. I mean, like, I'll start to read it. And five minutes in, I'm like, oh, yeah, he did it. Uh-huh. Yeah, this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'll find out I'm right. And I'm like, man. So it gets, it gets really annoying. And I'm sorry. I did see that one coming. And I was like, there there was a part in the book, and I forget what this part was. In the like, silent patient? In the silent patient, I saw it coming. Because there was one specific part, and I can't remember. It's been, it's been what, two years ago that I read this book? Yeah. There was some something that happened that I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was this, mm-hmm. And, yeah, then it happened. I was like, yeah, see. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that yeah. took a little bit of the, um, you know, the surprise factor out of yeah. it. It's like um, one time I want to be surprised too. All right, all right. Here's one for you. <laughs> okay. And then and then I'll let you talk about your last hate it. But I just have, I have to say it because mm-hmm. I just finished um, listening to it. But it is um, Sometimes I Lie by, I believe her name is Alice Bean. Sometimes I Lie by Alice Bean. Okay. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't know where to begin. I'm not prepared to talk about that today. But if you think you know what's going to, what you are going to, or if, you, if you're a lot like Kirsten is what I should mm-hmm. say, and you figured it out, I don't know how anyone could figure it out. <laughs> so, just give it a go. <laughs> You and I are going to talk about it next time, and I'm going to go, so guess what? That's, yes, yes. <laughs> when we do another love it or hate it, I'll mm-hmm. definitely talk about sometimes our lives. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay, drum roll, please, for the last one, because this one breaks my heart oh, and makes me so angry. <laughs> <laughs> I love Harry Potter. Harry Potter was my entire childhood. My, not my entire childhood, excuse me. Came out when I was a little older. That's, we're going to talk about how old I am. But, 
I, but it was a major part of my life, and I loved every book. I loved every moment. The movies were okay. <laughs> I say okay because they messed with the Prisoner of Azkaban too much, and I was so mad about that. But <laughs> I got over it. I loved it. It's amazing. But then Fantastic Beast and the Crimes of Grindelwald came out. <laughs> oh. Oh my God. I'm a big I'm a big Potter fan myself, but mm-hmm. have not have not read that. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I went and saw this movie when it came out. And then, of course, they, the screenplay came out, too. <laughs> I was sitting in the theater watching this movie. I'm like, okay, for the most part, this movie is like, all right. <laughs> but it <laughs> there were a couple of inaccuracies that were driving me nuts. For example, major Esper spoilers, okay? For example, McGonagall was teaching at at Hogwarts. She hadn't even been born yet. How is she teaching <laughs> at Hogwarts? Oh. So that was one. Mm-hmm. So I was already like, mm-hmm. kind of, just kind of like, mm-hmm. I mean, because the first Fantastic Beast was all right. Like it wasn't, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't great. Like it was, it was just all right. You know what I mean, and then this movie came out, and we get to the end of this movie, which again, or book, book slash movie, movie slash book. <laughs> Again, major as for spoilers. You find out that Dumbledore had a secret brother, and it was the what is the obscurus, the obscurial from the first movie, who was supposed to be dead, came back in the second movie, and that's Dumbledore's brother. And I immediately started shouting at the screen. I'm pretty sure they were ready to kick me out because I was throwing popcorn, going, "This is not right." <laughs> My mind is completely blank. No, you retconned <laughs> You retconned the entire seven book. So I was like, you went into detail about Dumbledore's life in Deathly Hollow. Yeah. Detail. I, yeah, I remember that, which was yeah. really awesome. It was. It was great. It was wonderful getting to hear about his family and, and all the issues that he had. Because Dumbledore, you know, was supposed to be this great guy, but then you figure out how he's human. He has no, which it, it, in, in my opinion, makes him even better. Exactly. Like, he has traits that we can accept and then some that we can't. And that's just part of being human. None of right. us are 100% good and 100% bad. So, having Dumbledore be a mixture of both is good. Yeah. I like that. Now you're trying to tell me <laughs> <laughs> that there is some secret brother. I'm like, no, excuse me, sir. Okay. <laughs> you, the Deathly Hallows took place 70-some years later. How is it possible that we didn't know about brother? Secret brother. I'm like, no, I refuse to accept it. I'm so mad. Yeah, I don't want Dumbledore to have a brother. No, I mean he has Aberforth, but you knew about Aberforth. Yeah, we all knew about Aberforth. I'm like, where did this dude come from? Like, no. Yeah, that was that. Well, I mean, because I have not read it, which Mm -hmm. is okay that we're talking about it. Yeah, I'm probably not going to read it. My 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 Potter experience was from Harry Potter book one to book seven mm-hmm. and that was it I didn't didn't branch out or anything it was, just, it was a mm-hmm. choice that I made yeah but that does sound like it comes out of left field yeah uh, and it was to me it's literally like you're just wanting to get that money like oh you, no I, and I hate it when that happens but that's literally the only reason I can think of that you would retcon your own work 
is because you want the money. Because why else are you pulling out? You, I mean, you, okay. First of all, this is this is my major issue with it. Not only the fact that you went into detail about Dumbledore's life and we never heard about this other random brother. It's that if you do the math, it doesn't make sense. Dumbledore's parents died when he was a teenager. Yeah. This kid, this kid yeah. is like 7, 16, 17. Dumbledore's like 40. His parents would have been dead. How did they have a random extra kid? Like, Yeah, that can be frustrating. I mean, especially when it's with characters that you have really just, they're, I mean, they're fictional. Mm-hmm. I know, but they feel very real right. in your heart. And mine. Like you grew up with them, they're they're ingrained in you now. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I can definitely understand that mm-hmm. one. Like, oh, I was so whole. I was filled with rage. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not gonna lie because you know it, it was such a big part of me. But now I, now I can't think about Harry Potter without getting mad. <laughs> <laughs> because what was real? <laughs> <laughs> Did you lie to me for the whole book? <laughs>
incredible about authors is that it came from a person's mind. Mm-hmm. You know, the, yeah. that world, those, those characters, it's just, it's really cool. It is. It's just really fascinating. It's all thought up. Yeah. Incredible. I know. I, like Lord of the Rings. I know. Ow! <laughs> even, even the different language, you know, the different languages. Right. I mean, I've, uh, nerd alert! I uh, hey, I'd love to learn Elvish. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if somebody could teach me, I'm all for it. I mean, really, because I mean, you know, knowing more about Tolkien and the fact that he was a linguist, a philologist, like he had so many things yeah. that he knew in his own head. He was a scholar, and then he used that to create Lord of the Rings. You're like, oh my god, not just Lord of the Rings, this whole canon. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, like I know to have that talent. Ability. And the fact, at the end of the day, uh, I mean, not just Tolkien, but just stories in general, just can bring people together. Um, mm-hmm. It can bring people. It can get people talking, like like mm-hmm. our podcast today. Yeah. So it's just it's incredible what the, the art form of, of books can do. <laughs> All right, thank you guys for joining us today in our love and hate it. I think we had a good conversation, and again, you know. Just because I hated it doesn't mean you'll hate it. (laughs) You know, I always say never. Just because somebody else gives you their opinion doesn't mean that you should base your own opinion off of that. It means you just go and create your own opinion. Same with my lovers. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's maybe some listeners out there that just didn't connect with those books, and that is okay. Mm -hmm. I'm just happy that I got those experiences. Absolutely. So... We are going to be doing this more often, so we hope that you can listen in and, and tune in and give us your thoughts and your opinions on what our choices were. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Have you read the link? Because I had never heard of your book. Oh, really? So, yeah, I had never heard of your book. Well, and I had, I had never heard of, um, with the exception of one, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the, the books in your list. So I, whether you... Whether we hated it or loved it, I, we still, I feel like I got exposure to some titles I never could have thought of. Exactly. So that's the great thing about it. <laughs> so thank you for joining us again. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Jennifer. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.